Do you want to find solutions on how to make decisions faster, how to solve problems with your teams, or define a clear strategy that resonates with your staff and customers? There is a workshop for that. Hello there, I'm Nati Ravez, founder of La Workshopeuse. I'm a collaboration consultant and workshop facilitator, member of an amazing workshopper community. In this podcast, I meet them to get the best advice on facilitation and I'll let leaders and managers speak to understand the challenges they are facing. Welcome to the show. Bonjour everybody. I'm very happy to be here today since we have something to celebrate. My guest Carla Ramos has her birthday exactly today, December 9th. So for those of you who are listening at this date, Please feel free to send her your wishes via LinkedIn. I'm sure she would be very happy about that. Carla is the founder of Tribe of Agile. She is an experienced Agile coach and trainer. We had a very nice talk about her background, the skills she learned in her first part-time job that have helped her throughout her career. We also talked about why she left her job, her comfort zone at the top of her career to find out what she really wanted to do. I think this might resonate with some of you who are considering a new path in facilitation, for example. And finally, we talk about how she discovered her passion for agile methodology and eventually started her own business. So stay tuned and have a good listen. Hello, Carla. Hi, Nati. What a pleasure to have you with me today on the podcast. Same here. I'm so excited. We made this work. We met personally in Italy, and yeah. uh, I was so amazed to to meet you. You are such a powerful woman, and I simply admire your journey and the career you have built. And this is why I'm very excited to have you here with me today. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know about the powerful, but definitely uh, excited, equally excited to be here with you, what you're doing with your company and La Workshop Use. I'm totally mispronouncing that, um, but that's a part of it. So what you're doing with La Workshop Use, it's so admirable to see you on LinkedIn and creating your brand and talking about your trajectory. So I'm excited to be here. Your name is Carla Ramos. You are living in the U.S., right. close to Miami, if I remember well. I live in beautiful Miami, Florida. You are the founder of Tribe of Agile, mm -hmm. the mummy of two beautiful girls. How mm -hmm. old are, are your girls? They are five. Olivia is five and Valentina is ten. Today, I would love to chat a little bit about your journey. But first, I would like to ask you something personal. How it is for you, you are a businesswoman, and to be a mom, how you combined both? <laughs> um, not always successfully. I, it's, it's a lot of ongoing work, and it's almost like um, it's, it's, it's a learn as you go because Each of the girls are very different. Uh, you know, when you have more than one child, you realize that they just come with their own little book. And um, and you have to adapt to each of them individually and their specific needs. Um, so I have uh, the older one that she does uh, equestrian as a sport. And uh, the little one does dance as a sport. And I want her, I want them both to be in those things because of the skills that they're obtaining from them 
Um, but I do have a lot of support. Um, my husband is really supportive and, uh, also my family. So they're grandmas. They're definitely grandma's girls. And we just try our best. A lot of planning, a lot of trying to balance and mm -hmm. sometimes just not successfully doing it, but we just, you know, we, we try our best. Okay, Carla. So I would love the listeners to hear your journey because uh, I know a little bit about that. And um, I would like you to tell us how does a sales rep go from trading <laughs> from multi-million dollar clients to software project management to owning at least Tribe of Agile? Oh, boy. So, you know, what I've, what I've learned now is, you know, since hindsight is 2020, looking back, I realized that everything kind of comes together like puzzle pieces you know, and you don't know it while you're on the path. You know, you're just moving forward and you're trying to, it's, it's kind of like parenthood really with what I was telling you with the girls, you really just try your best and you learn as you go. And you're just hoping that as you look back, you say to yourself, okay, I did a good job. Or these are the things that led me to get to this place. And I used it as a jumping point to get to the next place. Um, so it's a little bit like, you know, uh, I guess flying blind, um, and also using a lot of gut instinct to determine this is something that I'm good at, or this is something that I need to work on. So a sales rep, I, uh, you know, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a part-time job. It was my first job and I was working for staffing resources of Miami. I was lucky enough to be working for two women that immediately gave me a an example of what it's like to own a business and be a single parent like Sandy was and also be an amazing dedicated mother to two children like Cindy was and own a very successful business at the time and so they hired me to do their uh, part-time sales which included cold calling and included um Cold calling is basically when you're literally soliciting door to door to sell the staff agent staffing um, services that we had. This was like, I want to say 20 years ago, not to age myself, but that's when I was in college. And it was a great job because I got to go to school full time and then work part time really close to school. And um, it just gave me insights into like, oh, wow, D women do this. This is kind of cool. Um, And Cindy taught me a lot about sales. And we used to go cold calling together from, you know, business to business saying, hey, if you need staffing, um, here's our brochure. Here's a little notebook. Here are a little staffing resources, mints. Um, and hopefully they would call and then I would earn a 10% commission off of that. And it was great because it was like a little money that, you know, I, a little bonus money that I wasn't accounting for. So that's how I got started on the sales side. But since I was also going to, um, I was in my junior year doing a degree in finance, I knew that this wasn't going to be something that I was going to do, you know, when I got out of school. So I carried, I started carrying my resume around and I had a lot of experience with writing resumes because working at a staffing agency, I learned a lot about what to do and what not to do and interviewing. And, and these were just amazing skills that I learned from watching and 
doing with the ladies. So looking back now, it was one of the most foundational skills that I earned because it was all about how to get a job. And so I took my my resume in, you know, special resume paper with the right fonts and all the best practices that I had learned. And I was cold calling in this 701 Brickle building in downtown. And I saw Smith Barney on the on the on the door. And back in the day, if you didn't have an appointment to go visit in some of these buildings, it would purely say no soliciting. Um but sometimes I managed to like sneak into the elevator, which is what I did that day. And I went up to Smith Barney and my heart was just beating because this wasn't going to be just a regular soliciting call, right? And I, I had my resume. I went to the receptionist and I said, oh, hi, we offer staffing services. Here's, you know, our, our little brochure if you'd like to call us. Um, but also I... I'm a college student. I am in my junior year and I have a finance, you know, track. And I wanted to know if there were any internship opportunities. And I have my resume and my cover letter just in case, you know, if if there's any opportunity, then please feel free to reach out or whatever. And I didn't think anything of it. It was the reception is always my safe place, you know, um, but also my hopeful place that they will pass it to the right person. So I left and about a week later, um, the lady called me and it was the same lady that was in the reception. And then she said, hi, I saw that you came in. You know, I was wearing my little business suit and I'm actually not the receptionist. I'm the office administrator. And I really like the way you presented yourself. So I'd like to, to interview you for my, to be my assistant. Oh man, Nadi, I was like, I know. I was like, what are the odds? She was filling in for the receptionist yeah. while she was at lunch. Okay. So that's how okay. I was able to meet with her directly. And you didn't know. I had no you idea. Had no clue. I had no idea. <laughs> I always treated any reception with a lot of kindness because being a sales rep, you don't always get treated kindly. Yeah. So mm -hmm. this is a moment where I was like, you know, this is where kindness goes a long way. Um, and so she, she interviewed me and I begun working for her. I filled in for the receptionist moving forward when she was at lunch and vacation and slowly but surely, well, actually pretty quickly within six months of working at Smith Barney, I, I started studying for my series seven, which is, uh, my, my trading um, license. I got sponsored by Smith Barney, which is now Morgan Stanley. Then I started working for my first set of brokers. I started trading for them, opening up applications for all of our clients that were in Latin America. We focused a lot on the brick and the rest is history. Fast forward. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's, that's how it started. But I know that you decided um, to leave the place after a while and take a break yes. to revisit yourself. You, you told me that this is a lot of uh, completely out of the comfort zone to do something like this. And I know that a lot of people are thinking about this, dreaming about this, but not do this. Yeah. But you did. You did. I mean, you had the perfect work, actually. And you, le you, you left. Yeah. Just left. Yeah. 
how how did you use this time um i don't want to underestimate the fact that it was really difficult for me to do that because mm -hmm. it would be a disrespect to my journey you know and i like to plan everything out i like to know you know i like to i like to be that person that budgets things and saves and all that so this time in my life was really um it was just something that brought a lot of uncertainty and anxiety as well but i knew i wasn't happy and looking around um now that you know fast forward seven years i had been working in wealth management and i was working for an amazing team uh now i now i was working for uh ubs and mm -hmm. I was planning my wedding at the time and I remember saying I'm making so much money and everything is just checks in the boxes, right? But as I looked around me, I worked for three men and who were phenomenal, you know, but I didn't really see any women that I aspired to be like in the future. And representation is so important because it gives you For me, for people like me, it gives us something to look forward to, just the way that I had with Cindy and Sandy. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I couldn't see that. There were only like among the, I think it was 50 brokers, that, 50 high earning, high power brokers that we had. Maybe there were two women and those women had, they were married to their work. And mm -hmm. they yeah. didn't have any children and they were always traveling. They lived on a plane. And I was like, man, I just, I don't see myself growing in that way. And so I, um, I, I, it was a calculated, um, gap in my life where mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I stopped working and I decided to go get, uh, my master's degree. Um, during, while I was a, a trader, we used to, I used to divide things into small projects with every client whenever we were doing their, you know, their analysis, their investment analysis. And I, and at the time, Venezuela was shifting its, you know, whole government structure. And we treated that as a big project because a lot of people were leaving the country. Um, there was a, a you know, Swiss accounts uh, were becoming alerted because now some of them were U.S. citizens and they weren't allowed to have Swiss accounts. So this huge project, um, I naturally fell into it because uh, my clients had most of the clients, had most of their clients in Venezuela. So I was leading that effort. And I remember how passionate I was about making sure that that project was really organized. And so when mm -hmm. I took the, the break, I decided to go to Spain and do a master's in digital marketing. Um, I was actually going to go do an MBA and I got a, 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 you know, everything was set and then I got pregnant. And so when I got pregnant, I was like, Surprise. I can't do the MBA anymore. And that's when I went to a shorter term thing um, for the master's in digital marketing. And so It was a phenomenal experience. I was pregnant the whole time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I tell my daughter that she, she did her master's also and she, you know, rolls her eyes. And, uh, and yeah, and that's when I decided to, to get that higher education. I've always respected higher education. So that was that break that I very much needed. It was okay, a two year but, break. But it was a good, a good decision, actually. 
looking back, not at the time. At the time, I was freaking out. (laughs) But yes, yes, yes. If you'd like to join me for a podcast episode or discuss the challenges you face at work and how I can help, book a free call or send me an email. All the contact information is in the show notes. I would like to know what challenges uh, did you see in the organizations that led you to create a tribe of Achai? Yeah, so I guess kind of to follow the the thread of this whole um, journey that I've been on. After I did the master's, I went and got a uh, temporary job to manage a project that was similar in a bank, which is now called Amaranth. And they brought me in because I had the experience from Venezuela, but it was more project management, no wealth management. So I was, it was a, it was a bit of a change, but I was open to it because I really didn't know where my career would take me. And this is that mm-hmm. tug and pull of that, that constant, I want to say, um, synergy that exists sometimes within the universe where you're just kind of like, sometimes I have to push for things that I want and other t- other times I just have to let go and see where everything you is, know the path everything is coming yeah, yeah. and yeah. so it was that moment where I was just kind of open and receptive unlike the Smith Barney where I was more focused on let me push towards this and so I I went into this engagement um and so the first once I got in there they shifted me over to the project management team. And there was this great manager that I had. Her name is Claudia. And she taught me that gap that existed between my my knowledge of project management and wealth management. And the first project she gave me was an implementation of the Bloomberg portal for the for the bank's wealth management team. It was an order placing portal, a trader's. Um, which was perfect because I was like, this is, this is it. This, this is like a perfect sink. Um, and so I began there. That was my first project. And I stayed at Amaranth for about, each project became more and more challenging and they gave me more responsibilities. And so um, this was that combination of finance and technology, which I really loved. So I stayed on the finance side of things but also incorporating project management. And in my last project at Mercantile, it was a it was a pretty long project, very complex. The vendor that we had worked with was a software um, as a solution, and they were completely agile. And so I had the opportunity mm-hmm. to continue working in a waterfall environment, but also incorporate an agile, you know, methodology for the vendor. And mm-hmm. that was my exposure to Agile. And I fell in love. It was amazing. And so we brought from the uh, vendor, we brought a lot of um, Agile methodologies over to the bank, wherever we could see fit. And um, yeah, that's, that's, how, that's how it all kind of fell into place with. And then you asked me about the challenges the challenges are no different than what I see now. The, the, the challenges that we try to solve for in Tribe are specific to what a lot of organizations go through, whether it be 
where are we pacing towards our vision? What are the metrics mm-hmm. that are holding up that vision? What are the quantitative and qualitative metrics? Um, what is our product? Who's our persona? Who are we targeting? Has that persona changed? You know, is our user the same person as our customer? And what are their different needs? And so through Tribe, we come in from an outside perspective, not with the solution, but to extract that yeah. from the subject matter experts. You are using all your, all what you know about agile methods, but I know that um, because we met in a facilitation retreat, I know that you are going deeper into facilitation or workshops facilitation. Can you tell me um, why you why you go why you do, went through this uh, workshop a master program, for example, from a Jane yeah. Smart or What is interesting in it, or is it completing the know-how you have in Agile? Mm-hmm. When are you doing some combination of everything? Yeah. So, um, I had actually found out about AJ and Smart through their funnel, um, and I was doing at the time a uh, design sprint with a, with another client, and we were developing a. Uh, an application. We were doing an MVP and we were trying to determine product market fit. And so we decided to do a design sprint. And so I came um, doing research for that. I came across the uh, design, the sprint book by NAP, this one right here. <laughs> and so I used it as, you know, as a reference throughout the workshop. Um, the difference between This book that I followed um, and the typical Agile-led workshops that I did wasn't really all that much except for the fact that they used an Agile methodology or mindset, let's say, but it was very specific to product and MVPs. Mm -hmm. So that's why it was great Mm -hmm. to solve for that with that book. And so once I started going into that, I started reading more about it and then Jonathan's uh, or funnel, the video sales funnel that he has came up and I was like, oh, wow. And so with another client that was actually going through a a challenge of restructuring their, um, they were, the challenge that they were going through is they were changing their vision for year 2023. And so they wanted to make sure that they had the correct strategic themes to support that vision. And Mm -hmm. so I spoke to my client and I said, I I can facilitate agile workshops, but I want to get more informed as to like activities and things that I can do that are specific to product. And so I came across the workshopper.com site and then I came across the website um, and I was like, I really want to take this class. So as I started taking the class, they mentioned, oh, we're going to have our retreat. And I was like, is there any more space? (laughs) And it was really just a long (laughs) shot because I didn't think it was only a month away. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to leave for Italy within four weeks. Like it wasn't even in my plans. But Sean, um, who, who is a great Uh, strategic thinker with me. Um, he he works with AJ and Smart. He's more than a salesperson. He is 
a true strategist. And so when I spoke to him, yeah. he was like, this is, this is a good one for you, Carla. Let's, and now I'm going to be there. Let's meet. And the rest was history. That's how I, I got into it. And I'm glad that you were here because we met there. I think it was a, a dinner. We were face to face and yeah. uh, we could have a little chat. And now we are here one month later <laughs> recording this podcast. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I love it. I love it's, what you're doing. This is great. It's so nice. So Gala, I have one yes. last question. So what impact do you think what you are doing will have on the future of your children of your two girls oh, gosh this is a i can talk all day about agile you know and i can talk to you about workshops instead of meetings and strategic <laughs> road mapping um this one is very personal because it's my girls and i think every every parent will tell you that you know what they do is a lot of what they what determines what they do is is uh always thinking about their children, right? With my girls, I guess I just, it's that courage to, you know, say, I, I am good enough to, to do this because I need to make sure that when I tell mm -hmm. them that, that they can believe it. And so this, this whole business that I've had for two years, Tribe, Tribe has been around for two years and it has evolved in its business value proposition, it's evolved with the products that we offer. Um, and it's very intentional in, in its involvement with me and without me. Some of the things I determine, other things are determined for me. Um, I think I just, I do that because I want them to, to know my, my mom can do it. So, so can I, you know, like mm -hmm. a lot of times when you hear leaders, they'll say, I had a good example with my parents. And my girls, I take it extra personal because they're girls. And so, uh, yeah. you know, a lot is riding on it. I think a lot of us put ourselves a lot of pressure um, to say, man, I don't, I don't want this to fail because I don't want to look bad. You know, in my case, I don't want to look bad in front of my children. <laughs> so, um, so that's, you know, it's not a pressure thing, but it's certainly an underlying feeling that I have where you know, this is what drives me. I want to make sure that they have a world where they can um, feel like they can do it. They can do whatever they choose to do. And you are an absolutely great example, Carla. <laughs> thank you. Carla, thank you very much for this interview. It was such a pleasure to chat with you. I'm sure we will meet in the next two years in the US, I hope. And uh, maybe you will... More than two. Uh, shorter, I hope. I hope next year. Next year? Okay, next year. Yeah. Dean, next year, 2023. <laughs> I hope we will see us in the US. Yes. And uh, yes. thank you very thank much you. for today. And I wish you a nice week. Bye-bye. Thank you, Nadi. Bye-bye. Carla partners with software enterprise clients to build and facilitate agile workshops that enable teams to solve problems and make decisions. Ultimately, Tribe helps people get stuff done. So if you want to learn more, contact Carla or Tribe of Agile by filling out a form at tribeofagile.com using Calendly to schedule time or connect with Carla directly on LinkedIn. 
My next guest, Marius Posadowski, is a product designer who has developed an online course called Collect Feedback Workshop. He is also an Instagram star with 35,000 followers on his account uxwork.space. We will talk about how he developed his Instagram community and how he changed the work culture in the company he works in by implementing the workshop spirit. Until then, I wish you health, success and happiness. Au revoir. <laughs>